Welcome to the Theme Park Shuffle podcast, where we retheme, reimagine, redesign your favorite theme park attractions, lands, parks, rides, you name it. So today we are picking up where we left off with our Ipcot challenge. So our intellectual property Epcot challenge. So this is part three. The first two episodes focused on Future World, which is located in the front half of Epcot. But now it's time to enter the World Showcase. Our challenge is to take a pavilion inside Epcot's World Showcase that currently does not have an IP associated with it and add one that works best with the design or theme of the current pavilion. So I did a shuffle to find out who was awarded which pavilion, and the results were David got Japan. I'm sorry. I got Morocco, and Jeremy got to pick his and went with the American Adventure. So um, do you guys want to briefly sort of talk about this World Showcase challenge up front um, before we go into our actual... uh, lands and um ideas so would how how much harder was this one compared to doing the attractions on the front end with future world david i'll let you go <laughs> uh, yeah this stunk yeah it, i mean <laughs> there it, it, i don't think it would have stunk so bad to get like a better land but just my my options with trying to find an IP that went with Japan in any kind of way was like null and void. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's tough, but it's fun. It's a challenge for sure. Yep, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, David. You got, picked yours. I know. So you David like the land. David you got, got dealt the, the hard you, card. You chose it. No, I do. I I mean, you know, I'll just say it right now. I've always thought the American Pavilion could be a lot better. Um, so hopefully I can try and make it a little better. So the, the ideas for me weren't that challenging. It was just fleshing out some of the details that became a little challenging and, and, you know, just progressed and all. So, um, I don't know how you guys work, but I usually kind of just start with an idea in my brain. I just let it kind of muster for a week and then I'll start making like some rough notes. And then finally, literally an hour ago, I sat down and was like, all right, let's put, you know, brain to paper and just kind of hash it all out and then as it comes on in front of me on a screen i'm like oh what about this or this and do some research and stuff so i really enjoyed this one actually um yeah Yeah. i I would like to see some of this come to fruition i would say um how about you logan was this uh was this a challenging one for you this was such an exciting project for me um mainly because of not necessarily the land or the pavilion I, I got to work with, but what I'm really excited I did with it. Yeah. So um, speaking of which. Perfect segue. Perfect Kick segue. Let, let's, <laughs> let's jump right in, guys. Let's not waste any more time. So again, I got the Morocco pavilion. And so uh, just so everybody knows, here's a little bit of history on the Morocco pavilion because it's, it's pretty fascinating. So when Epcot opened on October 1st, 1982, the World Showcase featured nine pavilions, but Morocco was not one of them. Morocco was added in 1984 and was fully sponsored by the country's government. 
the only pavilion that was fully sponsored. So Disney has always owned the World Showcase pavilions, but prior to the pandemic, the restaurants and shops inside the Morocco pavilion were operated independently from Disney by the Marrakesh Moroccan Restaurant LLC. Now, post, well, I shouldn't say post-pandemic, but now, <laughs> 2022, Disney has complete ownership. And um, in 2020, they started selling Aladdin merchandise inside the store, Souk Al Maghrib, before closing again for refurbishment. So you are probably thinking Aladdin is a no-brainer. That's too easy for you. <laughs> so whoever thought that you would be right if this pavilion remained morocco based on the layout of the pavilion i think it is the perfect fit for the south american country of colombia a melting pot of latin culture music dance art food and biodiversity it also happens to be the home of La Familia Madrigal. That's yes. right. Encanto <laughs> is coming to the World Showcase. So before I go any further, if you haven't already seen the movie Encanto, I would highly, 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 highly suggest watching it before listening to my retheme so you understand all the references and avoid any major spoilers. With that said, here is my vision. So currently on the waterfront outside of the main Morocco pavilion, you find the Spice Road table restaurant and bar, as well as the Souk Al Maghrib gift shop. So the exterior of these buildings will now resemble the architecture of the Colombian town named Encanto, including the large mural seen in the movie that features the entire Madrigal family members. So Spice Road Table is rethemed to Taberna de Mariposas. The theming is inspired by the song Dos Oroquitas, which tells the story of two caterpillars who build a cocoon together, but must break down the walls of their home in order to transform into butterflies and go on their separate journeys. Uh, there's a lot more going on in that song, a lot of metaphors. Great song. So good. If you have not listened to the Encanto soundtrack and downloaded it a million times to listen to, please go and do it right now. So good. Yeah. So this tavern specializes in Colombian food and drinks. The menu consists of small plates and the location provides a great place to sit down and enjoy Colombia's finest foods and alcoholic beverages indoors or under a covered patio. So Souk Al Maghrib gift shop is now called Encanto Regalos. So Encanto gifts. And this is the best part. This is where you can buy your exclusive gift that interacts with the Madrigal house. So examples of what you can buy are beautiful toy candles, doorknobs with your initial inscribed, brightly colored flowers, plush animals or wearables, like Colombian inspired jewelry. The gift will be linked with your Disney World app and park ticket. And it also uses Bluetooth to interact with La Casa Madrigal, like the droids can do at Galaxy's Edge. 
So all GIFs will have LED light and sound effects that respond differently to the environment. So after you've purchased your personalized gift, you are now ready to enter the three-story home of La Familia Madrigal as the family is preparing for another gift ceremony. And who knows? The ceremony might be for you. Strollers are not allowed inside La Casita, so you must park your stroller in the fenced area designated for valet donkey parking. The Moroccan courtyard, where you would find the iconic fountain located in the center, is now enclosed by the exterior of the Madrigal home. And you know this is not your ordinary building because it is alive and parts are moving in sync with the energetic song, Colombia Mi Encanto, from the movie. You walk through the main doorway and where the fountain formerly stood is a circular tile pattern in the center of the family's roofless courtyard. So inspired, this area inspired by the experiential environments, of Swiss Family Robinson's Treehouse, Tom Sawyer's Island, and Meow Wolf's House of Eternal Return, Omega Mart, and Convergence Station. The Morocco Pavilion is being transformed into a magical playground for kids and adults, where guests are encouraged to explore this house that's grounded in reality, but full of magic and surprises. So located on the right-hand side, is where you would normally see Tangerine Cafe, but it is now the Madrigal family kitchen and dining room. You enter expecting to find a, a quick service restaurant, but instead you find yourself inside a magical kitchen that wants to interact with you. Using uniquely themed, state-of-the-art, self-service stations and conveyor tiles, guests can purchase coffees and Julieta's Buñuelas from the kitchen itself. So after spending more time in this room, you discover that nothing is what it appears to be on the outside. Upon closer examination, guests may find hidden portals that will take them to different rooms in the house that would otherwise be off limits. So connected to the kitchen is the Madrigal family's dining room. The room is festively decorated and a large mural of the Madrigal family tree is painted on the wall behind Abuela's seat. If you hold your gift up to the mural. Bruno's branch on the family tree will appear and disappear from the painting. So you get a little glimpse of him. So for now, I'm going to exit the kitchen and go across the courtyard where the Moroccan Gallery of Arts and History has been modified to the recreational area where you'll find comfortable seats, a vintage gramophone record player, and the family piano. If you hold your gift close to the gramophone or piano, it will start playing a variety of instrumental songs from the movie and start to dance with the nearby furniture. So once again, as you explore the room, the more you will find hidden portals that take you to other rooms. So we return to the center of the courtyard and look up to find all the Madrigal family's bedroom doors on the second floor. And the third floor features Abuela's bedroom window open and her candle is burning bright both day and night. To the left of that is the rooftop of Peppa and Felix's bedroom with a custom weather vane that moves as uncontrollably as Peppa's mood changes. And then towering to the right of Abuela's bedroom 
you will find Bruno's Tower, which is a rethemed version of the Moroccan minaret replica. So normally you would pass through the Moroccan gates into the main bazaar of the Morocco pavilion, but that gate is now blocked by the interior architecture in this new design. And the bazaar is completely hidden from guest view. The only way to access those areas are to A, find the hidden portals in the lower level of the Madrigal home, or B, climb up the stairs to the second floor and use your gift to try and unlock some of the Madrigal family's bedrooms. Quick note, there will be elevators added for wheelchair accessibility. There you go. <laughs> like in the movie, the permanent stairs and elevators are going to be located in the corners of the courtyard. But once on the second floor, guests can walk past Mirabelle's nursery room, located directly above the main entrance to the pavilion. Now, you can't enter this space, but if you present your gift at the door, the room will greet you in a variety of funny ways. So if you're, so basically an animatronic room. So if you're standing outside of Mirabelle's room and look across the colonnaded hallway surrounding the central courtyard, you will see the other bedroom doors. You will find Dolores, Camilo, and Antonio on the left side, Isabella and Luisa on the right side. Directly across from Mirabelle is Abuela's room in the center with Peppa and Felix to the left, Julieta and Augustine to the right, and Bruno's room is tucked away in the far right corner. So let's start by traveling to the left. So both Dolores and Camilo's bedroom doors will activate when you hold your gift close to them. The internally lit sculpted doors pulsate with magic and each one creates a unique lighting effect and sound. So the real magic happens when you get to Antonio's room. So imagine if you merged the Swiss Family Robinson's Treehouse at Magic Kingdom with the indoor dining environment at San Angel Inn Restaurante inside the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. So this area will have that kind of appearance. So an indoor space, it will function as a play area as well as a small retail space where plush animals can be purchased. Much like the retail areas in Morocco's Bazaar, the intent is for the theming to seamlessly include the retail. So it doesn't look like a store, but an actual part of the experiential environment and immersive storytelling. So this indoor multi-story jungle play area will allow the whole family to climb up and down stairs that wrap around a massive tree, walk behind waterfalls, travel down small slides, and use your special gift to interact with animatronic birds, Antonio's Jaguar, and multiple capybaras. So as previously mentioned, this whole area is connected. So you'll find hidden pathways at ground level that transition thematically from, from one room to another. Now, let's leave Antonio's room and we're gonna go back to Mirabelle's room on the second floor. So if you travel to the right, we can activate Louisa's bedroom door with your gift or enter Isabella's room. So the first space in Isabella's room is covered floor to ceiling in pink, purple, magenta, and violet flowers. 
it functions as a retail area selling everything floral. So clothes, jewelry, handbags, etc. You can even have your photo taken in Isabella's hanging flower bed or next to her collection of topiaries in perfect practice poses. So if you have a gift, you will also find areas of this room where you can make flowers bloom just like Isabella. So as you continue to explore the room, you'll find floral arches that take you through a maze of diverse plant life that is both beautiful and dangerous. So these spiky and sometimes carnivorous flowers glow under UV lights and occasionally release a fog of different colors into the air. If we return to the second floor opposite Mirabelle's room, we can activate Peppa, Abuela, and Julieta's bedroom doors, then round the corner to find Bruno's unlit wooden door. After entering, guests walk through a fog screen of sand and then down a series of winding ramps to ground level. There, you'll see a sign with the message, your future awaits at the bottom of a staircase that weaves in and out of the winding ramps like an M.C. Escher drawing. You climb the staircase until you reach a cliff where you cross a rope bridge that takes you to a hallway filled with sculptural reliefs of Bruno. You pass through a circular doorway, and inside we find a round room with piles of sand and glowing pieces of broken glass buried underneath. On the perimeter of the room, you will find unbroken sheets of glowing green glass. If you have a gift, you can hold it close to the glass and reveal Bruno's hidden visions. And who knows, you might even see a vision featuring you. So as you continue to explore Bruno's room, you will find a narrow corridor that allows you to travel inside La Casita's walls. And as you pass by the different bedrooms, you can overhear conversations taking place in each room. So eventually you find Bruno's secret room filled with playful animatronic rats. Above Bruno's dinner table is a crack in the wall that allows you to see other guests who are exploring the Madrigal family dining room without them knowing you're there. Again, all these areas are connected and promote exploration and discovery. They'd also provide amazing selfie spots and make this pavilion the most photographed location in all of Epcot, hands down. Okay, so whew, I gotta take a breath. <laughs> Lastly, Restaurant Marrakesh, now rethemed as Restaurante Madrigal. Located in the very back of the pavilion. Now, unlike the previous design, where you had to walk through the Moroccan pavilion to find the restaurant. Now you follow an enclosed pathway along the side of the pavilion that is surrounded by wax palms and dense rainforest. So the path takes you directly to the patio entrance on the side of the Madrigal home. Now, let me clarify. This is not the same house that you explore inside the pavilion. So this is a completely rethemed version of the restaurant Marrakesh that resembles the Madrigal home, but provides a very different experience. 
to quote Abuela, welcome to Casa Madrigal, where the magic is strong and so are the drinks. <laughs> La Familia Madrigal invite you inside their home for a magical family-style dining experience. Enjoy South American delicacies and musical performances inside the setting of Casa Madrigal. So live performers portray Mirabel, Isabella, Bruno, and Abuela Ama as they walk around and interact with guests. This specially designed restaurant features modern Pepper's Ghost projections all along the second floor mezzanine, so it truly looks like the entire Madrigal family are there with you. Both the character actors on ground level and the animated family members on the second floor perform the famous songs from the Encanto movie at various times throughout your lunch and dinner. So watch in amazement as Isabella makes flowers grow all over the room while singing, what else can I do? Or marvel at how the drawers, floors, and doors inside the house dance along as Mirabelle performs the family madrigal. Projections on the ceiling also allow for dramatic and comical weather changes every time Peppa walks along the second floor, or when she and Felix start to sing the song, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no. And for the big finale, there is a magic door inside the restaurant that is waiting for one lucky kid to touch the doorknob and find out what gift they have inside themselves. So first, Bruno has a vision of which kid inside the restaurant has a gift. Then Mirabel escorts the lucky kid over to the door where Abuela is waiting with her candle. Abuela gives a short speech. The child promises to help his or her community with his or her gift and then touches the candle before walking over and touching the doorknob. The door will be completely LED and capable of animating into a unique door design that features the child in the center. While booking the dining reservation, parents who want their child to be considered for this experience must fill out a short survey that provides information about their child's unique skills and passions, which is then used to create the magical door design. So multiple children will be selected throughout the day, so it will truly be a surprise to both the children and their parents when they are selected. And that is... The Colombia Pavilion, incorporating the most popular IP, in my opinion, Encanto. Wow. There you go, guys. Um, that's all you got? That's I thought, all I got. I that's more. the best I could do. Man, um, I'll, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll just go first. I, you know, I, we know that there's additional pads and areas for potentially in the future additional um, pavilions in the World Showcase. And I think South America comes up a ton. You know, and so the addition of a Colombian pavilion, first of all, is genius. I always thought of it as an addition. I until you just walked us through that, I didn't. I never. Of course, Encanto is not that old. I mean, it's only been around a few weeks. I've watched it probably half a dozen times, <laughs> but um, and I listen to the soundtrack at least once a day on Spotify. Um, 
that is so perfectly fitting with all of the current structures and everything that are in place. I never would have thought of. I feel like if they if they had the the well, they have the money, but they'd be better off turning Morocco into Colombia and using Encanto and then just building a new Morocco on a different pad. Like with what you just walked through. Um, first of all, Disney's going to absolutely love your idea because you're selling gifts. And so much of this, which I love, is interactive with those gifts. As soon as you just started even talking, I was like, this has got to be such an interactive pavilion. And you knocked that out of the park like every single area. Um, talking about the gift and how, you know, if you have a gift, it'll interact with certain areas of the, the I want, almost want to call this a land. I mean, it's not even a pavilion anymore. It's like a, its own separate land like a Galaxy's Edge. Um, reminds me a little bit of Ollivander's over at, at, you know, Wizarding World when you go and select a wand. And when, you know, one, <laughs> David's rolling his eyes. And when one <laughs> child gets selected out of an entire group to actually go through and kind of really have the wand select them. Um, I think there's a lot of that in it. Uh, food, of course, I'm absolutely on board with. And then what you've taken, I think, is some of the elements of the Enchanted Tales of Bell, you know, over in the new Fantasyland area. Like I'm thinking of the mirror, you know, that grows into a doorway. And you've taken a concept like that, which I think blows everybody's mind, and then incorporated that throughout an entire pavilion so that every area, you know, I, I like Morocco. I like all of the, the World Showcase pavilions, but none of them have reason to spend time in them outside of just say riding a ride which of course you know a lot of them don't even have so to actually create something that people want to stick around like i would almost feel bad for all the other pavilions <laughs> like they would be like nobody's coming to our pavilion everybody's over at you know columbia what's going on but i mean definitely something i, I think you know Encanto going straight to disney plus i think with a lot of these things um has been a surprise to people the other ones I've, I've really enjoyed. I think Encanto has just blown it out of the park. I think this could be the next out Frozen. The like, literally, where Disney is probably already scrambling, thinking, all right, we got to start putting some ideas in place. I mean, I think I read today it's the number one sound. It's like the, it's like, actually, it's like the number one album that is a soundtrack in the past two years. It's incredible. Um, it's, yeah, we don't talk about, about Bruno's number one. All like, the songs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know it's what like does every get... song is good. Every song. Most Disney movies do not have every song no. that is good. No, they've got their got, like, yeah, they've got the their two, let it go and three, yep. but uh, the rest like the rest you just sort of skip over. You don't even download them. Yeah. But this particular album, I downloaded all of the songs, even both the English and Spanish version of Dos yeah. Origuitas. Uh, it's just so good. Yeah. So good. My God, it's so good. And the movie, it's just so unique. That's what I love about it. It's like the classic hero's journey, but told in such a unique and and very relevant way. Beautiful storytelling, great family dynamic, not about romance, not about a prince and a princess. It's just fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, and again, it brings it brings new cultures to a lot of us, you know, like myself. Um, I, I, I love seeing that and seeing the different cultures and all of that. And I mean, again, I'm a huge Lin-Manuel fan and I mean, he just, he does, does things with these songs that nobody else could do. And I really, you know, for all of our listeners out there, 
if you haven't, if you haven't heard of Meow Wolf, if you have not seen any videos or photos of House of Eternal Return or the new Convergence Station, go check it out because it will really get your mind thinking about what you could do with this house in Encanto. Yeah. The Casa Madrigal. I mean, it just, as soon as I saw this movie, like literally while I was watching it, I was just thinking, oh my God, this would be the best experiential environment for a Disney park. This would be the ultimate playground for both kids and adults. And and after going with my family and, and again, my son who I just turned five, his absolute love of the Swiss family Robinson Treehouse and Tom Sawyer's Island, and even seeing it through his eyes and experiencing that with him and just realizing this could totally work. Yeah. This could totally work. And, and by making it something that is so selfie worthy, you now appeal to every demographic. Oh yeah. This isn't just your super young toddlers that want to go to a playground. This isn't just, um, you know, the grandparents who want to hang out with their grandkids. This is capturing everyone, including the millennials and the people who are obsessed with social media. This it hits on all notes. So I'm just waiting for the day it happens. And, and Disney recently announced, too, they uh, got approval on a patent, which basically tracks your phone. Mm-hmm. So in this case, you may not even need to purchase any kind of gift. Yeah. They may have it to where you you can just interact with this world and it'll track you and just by your phone. Yeah. So, you know, the, the future is here. I Get ready. Love it. It's Dave, all about David, to change. This think? is the next level oh. of theme park experience. So Heck yeah. it's just bound to happen. It, but the craziest part to me, the moment I got Morocco, and I'm watching Encanto. I'm just like, huh. <laughs> that giant minaret oh, looks perfect. a lot like Bruno's tower. And that minaret in the background, that tower, that looks almost exactly like Peppa's weather vane yeah. tower. It's like everything about it. To me, I, I am 99% sure this is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I, 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 I really think it's coming in, especially with all the recent change of ownership yeah. with the Morocco Pavilion. Now, the one thing I will say, I love the actual beauty of the Moroccan Pavilion. The sure. Moroccan Pavilion is stunning. Yeah. It is a beautiful design. It is. I always said like Galaxy's Edge is a ripoff of Morocco yeah. in the sense where it creates that immersive uh, retail space yeah. that you don't feel like you're in a real t- retail space. You feel like you're in a real place. Yeah. Unlike, you know, when I went off on my tangent about Italy, when I did the Luca retheme several episodes back, that's the opposite of this. This Morocco accomplishes believability they accomplish an environment that totally feels real it doesn't feel like store 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 box 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 let's throw some theming on the outside yeah this legitimately felt like a real space so it you know in one way it would be super sad but in another way this pavilion is 
boring as hell. I'm yeah. sorry. And especially right now with everything closed, there is literally nothing to do here. What do you, no. uh, If you're not here to shop or eat, you have nothing to do in the Morocco Pavilion yeah. other than go to the fountain in the back. Like David said, if you need a quiet spot. I love that fountain. Right. Well, and then then they even tucked away. I only just realized that we completely missed it. They tucked away the festival booth inside of Tangerine Cafe where nobody really knows it's there. They took down the structure, the kiosk. And so when we were actually there for International Festival of the Holidays, I was like, oh. Um, like I had no idea that's what it was. Changing. So it'll it'll be really, really interesting. I'm I'm one hundred percent for this. I, I, I'm serious when I say I would not be surprised. And while, while I was working on this, I was like, there's too many, uh, there's too many convenient elements <laughs> yeah, about right. this design. I even got a hold of the blueprints online of the oh, Morocco wow. Pavilion. And I started laying out how this could work. And logistically, this can work. Wow. This can, like, this idea can really happen. It can actually be done. This is not some crazy blue sky concept this is a concept that is blue sky but it can be done this is a possibility so hopefully disney is way ahead of me and already you know the imaginary team already has all this in the works and that that recent you know sort of uh ownership change is just part of getting that ball rolling and we'll see, man. But I would not be surprised if this comes to fruition. And I pray to God it does, because this would be amazing. Oh, totally. I'm, I'm ready for it. Bring it on. <laughs> well, I'm ready to hear Jeremy's pitch. Oh, I gotta, yeah. I, I chose to follow Logan, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I know what I'm up against. You know what I mean? Like, I already know that I've got to no. follow some, some incredible so, idea. So the reason that I'm uh, abnormally quiet is I've never seen Encanto. Oh, oh my gosh. So, Sorry, David. Spoiler alert. I did. I don't <laughs> care. It's fine. None of the, I, I didn't recognize any of the characters or what you were talking about. Um, but in the way you describe the land and the attraction and the, the experience that I would get going to that land, I even think I don't have to have seen the movie to enjoy what's happening there. Yeah. Um, yes, it correct. seems like it's going to be immersive and the land itself storytelling enough that if I haven't seen the movie, I'm still going to understand what's going on, really enjoy my experience being there. And, uh, and yeah, it sounds like a, like a typical Logan grand slam. If you ask me, <laughs> yeah. well, thank you, sir. And I'm so glad that, uh, that the storytelling came across and I agree oh, with yeah. you this this land would not require anybody to know anything about Encanto to fall in love with this land and be like, I don't want to leave here. Yeah. This is stunning. I yeah, do not want to sure. leave. Well, I agree hundred percent. And that's what the movie did for me. I saw the previews and I was like, okay, it's Lin-Manuel. So I'm obviously going to watch it, but I, I wasn't really pumped for it and then watched it and was like, Oh, what? And then the next day watched it and the next day watched it and then listened to the soundtrack <laughs> yeah. every day. And it's like, Jeez, this just came out of nowhere. Um, Yeah, so I think that's great. So I've got to move on uh, down the road a little bit to the American Adventure, which, of course, I did select. Um, As I said earlier, this is a place that I just think 
needs better. It, it you know, I, I'm not going to really change the the time period in some senses a lot. Um, I, I do think that it's like we've got the American Pavilion and we've got Liberty Square at Magic Kingdom. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I honestly I don't think we need an American Pavilion at World Showcase. I understand why it's there. It's kind of the midpoint, the anchor. Um, so I'm going to still keep it as the American Adventure, but I'm going to change some things up. Uh, some of the things that'll stay the same, the funnel cake stand, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, Block and Hans, you can go ahead and get your, your different kind of craft beers from around the United States there. So I like that idea. Um, the hops and barley booth for all the festivals. Uh, I really like that idea. When I go to retheme uh, Regal Eagle in a little bit, I would like to see the rotation of this menu uh, just be small bites from the menu that's going to be inside of the, the new kind of area I'm going to create. Um, and then of course the bar right outside of Regal Eagle is, is still perfect for some good drinks and, and wine and beers and things like that. Um, as I start to go through and update a few things, uh, Fife and Drum, we'll just get a minor update and this is going to be a quick service barbecue area right now. It's really Turkey legs, hot dogs, um, couple beers. You can get the Hanson brothers beer there during food and wine. Uh, we're going to change this to more of like pulled chicken and pork sandwiches. We'll still have our turkey leg fries, craft beers from all around that differ over from, you know, Block and Han. So not a major upgrade, but you're still going to want some of your kind of quick barbecue in this area. And that's going to kind of go away in, in my later re-theme. Uh, the American Gardens Theater. Not really much wrong with that. I just want to change up the lineup a little bit through the festival. So Festival of the Arts. We're going to get local bands from around the Orlando and Central Florida area playing original music. You know, they can do two, three nights, a couple shows a night, really showcase some of the local talent, the way that they're showcasing local artists with their actual, you know, art and paintings, drawings throughout. We get to Flower and Garden. We're going to feature bands from the 60s and 70s, the bands that are still around and still functioning, as well as cover bands covering some of the biggest hits from the sixties and seventies. I think when they were doing the um, guardians of the galaxy concert there, you know, it's, we're pretty much year round festival. We have a week to two weeks between festivals now. So there's not a lot of downtime to include a whole guardian show, but the music that's presented in volume one and volume two of the guardians of the galaxy would fit very well here. We get to food and wine uh, and it's kind of this way now, but we're going to go from bands from the eighties into the early two thousands. Again, if that band is still around, we bring them in. If not, it is going to be cover bands playing some of the hits to kind of fill in the spaces. And then for Festival of the Holidays, we are sticking with Candlelight Processional. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, just get back Neil Patrick Harris, Gary Sinise, some of those guys that were not able to make it this year as they relaunched it. So next we're going to go to the one attraction that is in the American Adventure. Um, now, I know I kind of run some, some things past you guys. I'm technically using two ips although i don't know if this one is legally considered a disney ip even though they own the rights to the uh film that is on disney plus and we are going to change up a little bit about the american adventure now don't worry i'm not going to get rid of the audio animatronics we're going to update them because they're going to need it for what i want to present first of all if you've never seen this show it is an absolute feat and theme park, audio animatronics, stage shows, storytelling, sound. I mean, any time I watch it, I'm still like, 
wait, how did something just come up on that stage where something else was just left? Like, it's just absolutely incredible. So what we're going to do is we're going to keep the same theme of Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain are basically our guides through this journey of America's history. And, you know, we're, we're really starting all the way off of the pilgrims and America's shores and Columbus coming and, and all of that. And we're going to go all the way through modern day as we go through this basically half hour show. Um, so much of the storytelling and all is not going to change. What's going to majorly change is that our buddy Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to come in and rewrite the entire story in the theme of Hamilton as a full musical. So every single story that is told as we go through uh, Columbus and the Pilgrims up to George Washington, we get into even Hamilton. We could probably pull some of the songs from the Hamilton, you know, Broadway show. We're going to tell all of these in only that way that Lin-Manuel can. Uh, it's going to include updated animatronics that will be able to pull off these songs, as well as live action uh, dancers and performers that surround. And again, if you have seen Hamilton, you'll know the full stage production that this is. So they're going to be able to come in, interact with kind of the animatronics to, you know, really bring it to life. And what what I think works really well is a lot of this show is projections on this 72 foot screen with different animations and drawings and, you know, photos. And so we can still include all that, but with this incredible hip hop soundtrack in the background, because as much as I really do enjoy the American adventure show as it stands, the telling of it is boring as all get out. It's basically <laughs> sitting in a history class. I have never been so interested in history and our founding fathers than watching Hamilton. Like literally everything I know about them probably comes from that musical Broadway show. So I think this is something that can actually bring new generations in to really learn about America's history and, you know, the forefathers all the way up to modern day. Um, currently the show comes up to an ending kind of montage that goes all the way through the September 11th terrorist attacks. We can certainly take the past 20 years and add again, I, I want that, that ending scene to still be an overall montage. Like we don't want to give as much focus to the original just setting up of America and coming through and building the structure and the colonies and the States and all of that. But we still want to include some of the history and especially the things that have happened in the past 20 years. And Lin-Manuel having an opportunity to write that first of all, I'm sure he'd be on board for it. I mean, he had a blast doing Hamilton and his interest in Hamilton and all of that. And, writing this thing um neither of you have seen it correct that is correct okay in hamilton Ooh. yeah <laughs> oh i've seen hamilton a hundred times oh you have okay i thought you had said you had yeah. not all right no, so logan me. is not dude you so got david hasn't it. seen Encanto. Yep. i haven't seen hamilton here here's what i'll i'll say logan even if you're not into just say the style or the hip-hop or whatever i know you I don't have a problem with that uh, well, well i know uh, you gotta watch it you will appreciate <laughs> well you will appreciate more than anything the choreography the setup the stage presentation the i mean it's an absolute just marvel of broadway show um and i was never really into musicals or broadway shows outside of like cheesy disney channel ones you know what i mean but <laughs> i mean this thing is an absolute masterpiece from beginning to end and i definitely think if you go through and you watch it you will see how perfectly that would fit in here 
um, where I really do think that people would come back and see it again and again. The majority of people aren't sitting for a half hour multiple times during a trip or multiple trips to see this show. You know, as impressive as it is with what they pulled off with the animatronics and the stage and, and all this, you don't want to go back. I've seen it once in person. And the second time I saw it was today when I watched a full YouTube video of it just to go back through <laughs> and kind of, you know, hash out my ideas. And it's not because it's not good. It's just boring. It's history class. So I think bringing yeah. fresh life to it could really make a change. But we're still keeping the theme of what the American Pavilion and the American Adventure is, which is a history lesson. And going actually through some of the comments on YouTube of the video I watched, uh, there are a lot of people from overseas that were like, they love the show and they love the pride that Americans have in our history and the way that they're telling it in this attraction. So I think that would just be such a cool thing to do. I would go watch it every time, especially if they could allow you to like get a beer from Block and Hans and then walk <laughs> in and have your beer and watch the show. Um, there's still like no indoor queue beers that have been brought back, so you can't do it right now. But finally... I put some focus uh, on the restaurant, Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Um, I don't know if you guys have eaten there. It's it's not bad, but it's, you know, I mean, it's kind of that uh, theme park take on, on barbecue. I think it's certainly better than Flame Tree, um, but like it's nowhere <laughs> near a polite pig. You know, I think they should have actually gotten the guys from Polite Pig to come in and say, we want you to open a restaurant inside of, you know, the American Pavilion. Um, so what we're going to do here is we are going to retheme this as a sit down restaurant and change the name to the Muppets Take America. Yes. Um, I mean, I can't like I can't think and this is where I'm considering my true IP. I, you know, I can't think of anything better than the Muppets. What they did at Liberty Square with the show. Unbelievable. Um, the Muppets are, have been trying to make this resurgence for so long and, and for whatever reason, they're not hitting it. I've always claimed not to offend a younger generation. I just don't think they get it in some ways. I don't know that they're smart enough to understand the humor of the Muppets, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so I, I would the love to see them come back. <laughs> this is not the, the, this is not the view of all the hosts. It's yeah. not representative of the view <laughs> of the theme go. park shuffle or theme park scarts affiliates. That's perfect. <laughs> um, so you are going to walk in. This is going to now be an all-new, reimagined sit-down restaurant. And you're going to walk in. You're going to be greeted by Statler and Waldorf, who are the hosts, and you know, basically who are going to take your name. These will be puppets that are armed and this is where I always am like, Logan, you can tell me later if this stuff works or not, who, you know, the actual <laughs> puppets that will be able to be, you know, manipulated by cast members and actually respond with you and take down your name and, and your party and put you on a list. Or if you have a reservation uh, during this whole time, of course, there's going to be some wonderful uh, banter back and forth. I'm, I'm almost thinking, again, we're at Disney and, and they're Muppets, but I think of the type of interaction you get at like a Dick's Last Resort mm -hmm. uh, restaurant. Obviously, we're not going to that foul level, but I think of that type <laughs> of interaction where, you know, it really is kind of like a show. Um, I mean, shoot, hoop de doo review is very much that way. Yeah. Um, so you could do something like that. Uh, throughout there, there will be some different walk around Muppet characters, ones that 
do have like full legs that walk around and, you know, can have somebody in a suit and all. Uh, there'll be lots of puns, of course, and, and Muppet humor. Um, the difference here is we're going to have uh, several themed dining rooms and you will be placed into one of the themed dining rooms. And I've got here one, two, how many did I end up with? Four. So your first dining room, and I want to represent different areas of America and focus on their cuisine. Um, so the first one is going to be a Northeast style representation, but the dining room will be themed alongside New York City, basically. So you're going to look like you're at kind of a, a inside New York City, your inside outside space, you know, um, where you're maybe outside. Technically, it looks like of a restaurant dining at tables right there on the sidewalk in the middle of the city um, in some eclectic little areas. And with each area, they're going to have overhead music that is hosted by a different Muppet that you'll kind of hear in the background. Um, so they'll be playing music and then you'll hear the Muppet come through and talk about different things for this one. It would be Sam Eagle was who you would hear in there. This is going to feature different Northeast style foods from New York, New Jersey, pizza, pasta, deli sandwiches, cannolis. Um, if you go up into more of the new England area, we can get things like clam chowder, fresh crab and lobster dishes. Um, by the way, the chefs and all are going to hate me for this idea because they're yeah. going to have a lot of different things to prepare. This is going to be like the um, uh, Cheesecake Factory menu, you know, but at <laughs> Disney, that thing's like an inch thick. So New York City is the first one. The next one is going to be themed after the French Quarter. And this is going to have a lot of the Southeast foods that a lot of us know. So this is going to be hosted by Gonzo and Pepe. Um, because we're going to, yes. there's going to be lots of shrimp and all. So let's go ahead yep, and get yep. a prawn in there. Right. So this will feature <laughs> more, uh, upscale style barbecue, not the stuff that's out at, you know, Fife and drum. That's a lot more of that quick service barbecue. We can still utilize and actually use the smoker that's outside of Regal Eagle, which is currently only being used for show. So they just pump some smoke through there and pretend like they're actually cooking. Um, then we're going to feature things like shrimp and grits, fresh fish, Po'boys, Etouffee, and Jambalaya, all those types of things from the New Orleans-style area, so you can really start to get a taste of what the South has to offer. Next, we're going to represent kind of Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and we're going to have an Alamo-themed room. All after the Alamo, and this one, just because I want him in here somewhere, is going to be hosted by Fonzie Bear. And maybe even every once in a while, he performs a little set, uh, lots of good Alamo puns and, and jokes and, and things like that. This, of course, will feature Tex-Mex, uh, Texas-style barbecue, and big old steaks cooked right over an open flame in the kitchen. And this is the one that you'll actually be able to see the open kitchen as they're preparing these foods. And then finally, we want to go ahead and represent the West Coast and the Northwest. And this is going to have a theme of a Californian beachside cafe. And this one will be hosted by Kermit and Miss Piggy. Um, she's out on the West Coast in California doing her whole superstar, you know, acting thing. Uh, this will be heavily influenced by fresh seafood, um, tacos, you know, like fish tacos. And then something I never realized until I was visiting there every year is that Portland has a huge Hawaiian uh, influence. And so this will feature a lot of different Hawaiian foods as well. So 
basically the American pavilion as a whole, and especially this restaurant, I just want to actually encompass the flavors and the taste of America, as opposed to being stuck in kind of a 1776 America when we already have Liberty Square. So we're not changing much with kind of the elements and the facades and the outside portion, but really the restaurant is where I want people to come, especially from other cultures, and really experience what it's like, because I feel like right now, um, if you don't know American food, you come from other cultures and you're like, okay, hamburgers, hot dogs, and cheap barbecue. Like that's all America has to offer. And when you think about it, um, as much as I love the cuisines of other countries, a lot of them are specific to that country because they created it. They've been around a lot longer often. And America actually celebrates these cuisines from all over the place. We've created a lot of our own. And so I just think being able to kind of um, celebrate that in this restaurant would be so cool. Plus you get the Muppets and who doesn't want that? Yeah. So that is my right. American uh, pavilion retheme and idea. I love it. I like it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I shoot more sprinkle more Muppets in there, man. Forget yeah. a, Forget historical figures singing Lin Manuel songs. Let's, let's, make the let's do a Lin Manuel <laughs> oh Muppet musical. I would give anything would for a mashup. Lin Manuel Muppet. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, that would be fantastic. Let, let's go all Muppets. Let's do animatronic I'm Muppets down. singing the history of America with Lin Manuel Miranda songs. Oh my gosh. That would do be it. Amazing. Do it. Hey, uh, Jeremy, how much would you lose your mind if Lin Manuel Miranda did the Festival of Lights thing? Like instead of Neil, like you know, oh, how Neil Patrick Harris, professional. Yeah, would you I, freak out? I, I can't imagine that there's not major contact happening right now for 2022. I, I can't see why not. I mean, I know he's he's, big. he's, <laughs> he's the biggest, he's big. but man, I don't know, man. Neil Patrick Harris is still extremely relevant and does a ton of things. Lin Manuel is definitely bigger. Um, yeah. They probably missed their chance after Moana to get Lin Manuel. That yep. probably was their perfect time to do it. Yeah. But, oh, I would, man, I would give anything to see that. That that dude just, I, I don't know how much you guys even watch or pay attention. Just go look up any interview on any late night talk show. And he just, he, you can just tell he loves what he's doing more than anything. When he walks out, like the whole crowd lights up, his face lights up. Like he's just, his excitement and everything. I, I just, I, I even liked him in Mary Poppins Returns. I thought he was outstanding, and a lot of people I feel like bashed that whole movie. And I was like, Lin Manuel, I'll take it. He can he can rap about books and whatever all day long. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I th I think your um, your description when you described this new menu at this restaurant as the Cheesecake Factory menu <laughs> that was such a perfect yeah hilarious. You know, like, representation of what it's going to be like because you're like when you put it into that kind of context you're like wait a minute this isn't too far out of the box yeah this isn't yeah. crazy because when you think about a successful restaurant like cheesecake factory that has a massive menu and they pull it off yeah there's no reason why disney can't do that yeah no reason when it has return factor it has options it's got i mean the only other thing i would say to do if, if that was too much is you just bulldoze that whole restaurant you just set up an entire food truck courtyard with you know half a dozen food trucks that are all represented by yeah. different areas of america you know i mean they they have that little area at disney Springs, so 
that would be the only other options, is, you know, New York truck and a New England lobster roll truck idea. and a, you know, a soul food truck barbecue. Like you could certainly go through something like that and set it up where it becomes an entire outdoor area. Um, I can't remember what it's called right now. There's on the water here in St. Augustine. Uh, what is it? Marina something. They've set up an entire area that food trucks come in and out of every day. And they've created this atmosphere with outdoor seating and this kind of community that people go and, and that's where they go to lunch. And so something like that could even be possible. Um, mm-hmm. I think you just miss out on some of the individual theming of the areas. Um, yep. and, and if, if, you know, and, and I know I had mentioned, I was like, I'm going to use all, all the IPs. And of course I couldn't, but I even think it would be cool. Originally, my thought was if you could theme if we didn't hadn't gone Muppets, you could do this restaurant where uh, the New York City room is themed to Seoul. And obviously, French uh, yeah. Quarter is themed to, you know, um, Princess and the Frog. Yeah. And, you know, I was starting to think and you could certainly have um, a Lilo and Stitch themed area with Hawaiian food and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you could even go that route if, you know, it was just you were allowed to do whatever the heck you wanted, pretty much. So. Wow. Yeah, that would be insane, too. Yeah. I imagine that would be extremely popular. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Especially if you could Man, pick again, you- the room. That would be the key. If you could, if when you make your dining reservation, you could select yep. your actual room would be pretty freaking cool. Um, you know, much like people will often select a specific character restaurant just based on those characters. You know, you go to Ohana, the food's good. The location's great, obviously, but you go to Ohana for, you know, Lilo and Stitch. Um, so if you're able to do that same thing would be pretty cool. Speaking of like choosing your room, is that an option with would be our guest? No, it is not. So you're just, you either get, you know, the, the wing or yep. you get the main ballroom or the gallery. Yeah. That's it. You yep. don't, you don't get to choose. It's no, just you a do crap not. Shoot. You, you can certainly ask when you get there. And I mean, and they might tell you like, well, yeah, now it's another 30 minutes or it's this or that, but no, you cannot choose, which I think is a travesty. You should be able to choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, especially if I spend forever waiting to go to this place oh, and yeah. then I don't get the room that I want to be in that that's really unfortunate. And it makes, it makes a big difference, you know, whether you're in the West wing or the, the ballroom or the library or whatever. I mean, it really does make a big difference in your dining experience. So yeah, I think being able to pick would be, be pretty cool. I mean, at the, at the same time, well, I don't want to get into upcharges. Why not? I'm sure Disney's already thinking about it. Everything. Like I'm just, I'm shocked that I'm shocked that when you book an Ohana, they haven't, you know, uh, implemented, uh, you want a table at the window. That's, you know, an extra fee. Hey, Uh, I mean, probably with with Disney genie plus, I would not be surprised if you can pay for for a lightning lane, grand ballroom, be our guest reservation. That is coming next. I guarantee it's coming next. Yep. Why not? Again, what if people yep. are going to pay for it? If people are willing to pay for it, why not? That's that's the the mentality right now. For sure, if people are willing to pay for this. Why would I not offer it? And they are willing. If you don't, if you don't want to pay for it, don't pay for it. Yep. But if you got the money, which again goes a little, uh, we won't go there. But <laughs> <laughs> well, David is up with I think the hardest theme park shuffle we've challenge we've had to date potentially i think yeah you guys were each like 30 minutes each and super (laughs) detailed on stuff and man you guys get ready for the cliff notes versions of of this because i 
I didn't get nearly You're as always involved great. You're always awesome, as man. you guys did. Thank you so much. And you crushed it with food like you always do. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. You, I, anytime, anytime I know there's going to be food, I know Jeremy's going to crush it because no, he's, he's a culinary genius. <laughs> <laughs> so I was given the World Showcase of Japan. And if you guys are familiar with Disney IP, you know there are exactly uh, one thing that they've done in Japan, <laughs> and Jeremy already used it. So guess what? I am not going to be using uh, Baymax or anything Baymax-related. Um, I took a shot in the dark, and if you guys remember a certain uh, lambasted Disney movie, not actually it's a Pixar movie. It's not everybody's favorite Pixar movie, but stick with me here. These characters are not very well represented anywhere in the Orlando Disney Resort. They're very prevalent in the California Disney, but not very prevalent here in Orlando. So I am going to use Cars, and I am going to steal from the beginning of Cars 2, where Lightning McQueen and Mater travel to Tokyo, Japan, and I am going to turn the Japan World Pavilion into the Cars World Grand Prix. So what I want to do with this one, most of the Disney Pavilion or the Epcot Pavilions tend to be a historical look at the country that they represent. I want to make this modern day Tokyo, much like Cars takes place in modern day Tokyo. And where I really want this land to shine is at night. I want this land at night to be lit like Google Tokyo at night and just look at how beautiful and lit and neon and just gorgeous that it is at night. I want my land to represent modern day Tokyo and be gorgeous at night. But throughout it, I want there to be little hidden, you know, little hidden Easter eggs of uh, cars too. I want there to be a Lightning McLean vacuum ad <laughs> because there is a Lightning McLean vacuum ad. He's the spokesperson for that in Japan. And throughout, I want there to be life-size interactive cars. There was a life-size interactive cruise outside of Lightning's Race Academy at Hollywood Studios. I want the, the Tokyo cars to be represented. And I want, if you've ever seen the Pixar short of Tokyo Mater, I want Tokyo Mater to be out there talking to everybody. Um, much like Logan said, selfie. Selfie yeah. opportunity. Or heck, photo pass opportunity, actually. Yeah. That's probably going to be something you'd rather have photo pass. So I'm just going to change the whole entire facade of the land from ancient Japan to modern Japan and really, really make it shine at night. If you guys are familiar with the Japanese pavilion currently, there's like three things there. So here we go. The main one is the the giant restaurant there, Teppan Ito. And I'm going to keep that a restaurant and I'm going to keep it moderately unchanged. The food will be the same. It'll still be the same style food. The only difference is, is that there is going to be a special ticketed table that you can buy a ticket to. And what's going to happen here is not only do you get a wonderful meal, but it's prepared by an animatronic forklift style sushi chef oh, from man. Cars 2. So this is going to be a ticketed table that not only will you get the meal, but you're going to get a show to go with it. And it's very much going to look like one of the little forklifts from the Cars movie is preparing your meal for you and interacting with you as you are eating. 
Now, I know that uh, what I'm going to do is going to be a bit controversial, but hear, hear me out. We're going to keep a tiny little gift shop. It's going to be not the gift shop that Japan currently has, which is basically a mall. Um, <laughs> but we are going to have a small gift shop. It's going to keep many of the authentic Japanese gifts that you can buy now. But I'm also going to have anime versions of the Cars characters. Um, nice. An anime McQueen, an anime Mater. Um, if you watch Cars 2, there's a little tiny car playing with a remote control anime Lightning McQueen. You can buy that here now. So here's your opportunity to merchand merchandise cars. There'll also be some regular styles cars merchandise because you really can't find it anywhere other than maybe um, Art of Animation's gift shop um, has some car stuff, but not a whole lot. But the main attraction that we're going to go for is I'm closing the big giant uh, gift shop that's back there. And I'm turning this into the Tokyo World Grand Prix. This is going to be a simulator-style ride that allows you to participate in all-in-all's World Grand Prix race around Tokyo. The scenery is going to be the exact same as, as it is in the movie. It's going to be a sensory experience, like Soren kind of. You're going to feel the wind. You're going to feel like if you go through a misty kind of an area. And it's just going to be a fast-paced um, simulator-style ride. But what I really want to do with this ride and this is going to bring in all of Epcot. You are going to have a like a key card that you carry with you. And much the way that you have to find Chippendale throughout Christmas or do finding stuff throughout Epcot, you have to find the hidden car in each country. In Italy, it's Francesco Bernoulli, Lightning's rival. When you get it, you scan your card. If you have found that car, you can choose to race as that car in the ride in Japan. And if you change your car, it's going to change your entire ride experience. So the ending will be different. So not only will this be a ride that is uh, interactive, but it's going to make you look all around the rest of the countries. Lightning McQueen will be in America, but you have to find the scanner and scan it. Um, there will be different representations of race cars throughout the whole entire Epcot World Pavilion changing your simulation, changing your ride experience and adding something which Tokyo didn't have before a ride and a reason to go other than to shop. So Tokyo is now car, not Carl's Carl's world grand prix with an interactive ride and an area that you're going to want to be at night to participate and talk to cars, grab a drink and just generally enjoy yourself. The end. Wow. So I've I not. It. So now let's see. David has not seen Encanto. Um, Logan <laughs> has not seen yeah, Hamilton, exactly. and I've not seen Cars too. Um, but I think the, the same way you you sold Encanto to to David, you just sold me on Cars too. I'm not I'm not a big Cars fan. I just never have been. I saw the first one. It's just I don't know why. It just wasn't my have thing. Have you seen the third one? No. I should. Oh my god. Probably need to go the, back and revisit all of these. But you. The third one is epic. You, but you painted a picture of something that makes me want to go there with something that I'm not familiar with. Uh, Rhonda and I just talked about this on the last Main Street Magic episode with Pandora. You know, uh, for people that don't like Pandora, have never, or Avatar, or have never seen it, you want to go there because of everything it involves. Um, where I see everything heading with all of our ideas throughout these, and I just hope this is the path it goes is this interactivity, uh, rewritability, 
Um, again, not that we need to give Disney ideas, but you sell that card, you know, much like they sell the scavenger hunts with Olaf or Chippendale or Figment and all. You sell that card for probably a pretty decent price for people to go and find the cars throughout World Showcase and scan it and want to go back and ride this again and again. Um, not just because it's a good ride, which it sounds like it would be incredible, but because it's going to change. You know, you want to you want to have that interactivity and that rewrite ability. Uh, so I think that part's just wonderful. And your idea at Teppanito is, is genius. We love Teppanito. Um, you know, I mean, it's your Japanese steakhouse down the street, basically, but at Disney. But to add a completely new element to it, and again, hard-ticketed table event, I mean, that's just, that's dollar signs for Disney. That's what they're looking at with everything they're doing. But but what I what I like that I think we're all trying to do is not just make Disney more money, but make it worth it. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I think yeah. that's the thing right now that people are feeling is that they're spending more money, but nobody feels that they're getting anything extra in a sense. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people don't look at the broader picture and they don't go, well, they built Galaxy's Edge. You know, they built Toy Story Land. They are opening Guardians. They're opening Tron. People don't see their immediate dollar signs going into a bigger picture, which I totally understand. You want to spend your money and have instant return on your vacation and your fun. And ideas like this, I think, do that. Like with your gift, Logan, and of course with, you know, if we if you did upsell this card, David, you get an instant return that makes you feel good about spending that money as opposed to just going, well, my annual passes went up $150 a year and I get Tron in, uh, I don't know, never. <laughs> we don't even like, we don't even have a year on it. So I love the fact that that's what you guys are like continuing to do here with these ideas. I th yeah. I really, I really love cars too. I know a lot of people bash it and I think it was so different from cars one and yeah. it was too mater focused, which upset a lot of people. It's not a Lightning McQueen movie. It's a mater movie without a doubt. Indeed. Okay. Um, and that just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So I think for a lot of people, Cars 2 just isn't even considered part of the canon. They're just like, nope, nope, the movie doesn't count. And it, it, like when you compare Cars 1 to Cars 3, it's it's like comparing A New Hope to Force Awakens. It's, it's yeah. literally the same kind of comparison. Um, it went back to Cars 3 went back to what made Cars mm -hmm. 1 successful and basically replicated it. Uh, so Cars 2, though, built upon this world of NASCAR, which Cars 1 was just NASCAR, NASCAR racing, NASCAR racing, whereas Cars 2 really expanded into indie racing, but qu quite frankly, into world racing because it's more than just indie race cars. It's the best racers, the best cars from all over the world who come together for this Grand Prix. And it truly mm -hmm. is a competition competition to see who's best racer, period. In in these very unique races that take you through all kinds of different terrain, Cars 2 is a solid jumping off point for what could be an incredible attraction. Or, you know, again, if we go back to test track, I was thinking <laughs> that's what I was thinking the whole time, actually, like, man, if only I had test track, <laughs> you know, that would be another one where they've already proven what they can do with the test track by re theming at cars out in California adventure. 
you yeah. could do a cars two theme over here in Epcot. So it's totally possible, but they, I, I they still really like my regular Ralph idea better <laughs> for that attraction. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. But it's funny. Cause like there's almost zero representation of, of cars over here. Yeah. I mean, lightning McQueen's racing Academy is fun to do once, but then it's over. Um, True. Uh, art of animation. Yeah, art is. of animation. And you know, art, that yeah. like that the, section in art of animation. Again, not a Cars fan. Best themed area in all of art absolutely. of animation. It actually makes you feel like you're in a world, as opposed to just being like, "Oh, I'm not in the Lion King movie." You know what I mean? Like in there, you're like, "I'm in the Cars movie." This feels yeah, like sure. I'm in an actual like Cars environment and city and these whatever. Like when my- so. When my daughter was like two and three, she was obsessed with cars. I she that. loved the movies. And we took her there. We didn't stay there, but we just yeah. took her there. And she was mesmerized by just static cars, statues. Yeah. But uh, like one of the only things we've ever rope dropped and was the first person ever was the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. <laughs> she was the first non-cast member kid to do the that. That's we awesome. got there super early. Um but when Cruz was looking at her and like interacting with her, dude, that was it. You know, like she yeah. was, she was done. Yeah. So if you had a whole land like that and I'm just picturing this beautiful neon and, and mm-hmm. as, as pretty as like, um, like avatar is at night. Yeah. Pandora is at night. I want this to be like a completely different experience day versus night. Just a night is when it really, really shines. So yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, like anything, if you put uh, what's what's rewritable at Epcot or in World Showcase now, what's Not, if there nothing. wasn't I mean, food and booze there? What if there wasn't food and booze there? What would you do? Nothing. And you shop and you drink. Yeah, and, and you eat and shop, drink, eat, and I, and I don't shop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, Epcot. Yeah, Epcot as a whole just just needs more. And I I totally get and I appreciate the original thought of World Showcase. I do. I like again. I remember going as a kid and being like, "Well, I you took me out of school. Why am I learning?" And as an adult, I started to really appreciate it. And and I love to see the different cultures and experience them. But I don't feel like they really embrace them anymore. Like it should be that you go through each of these pavilions and maybe there's, you know, interact with my Disney experience that there's a walk along guide. And maybe I just sound like a big nerd, but there's some sort of walk along guide that tells you more about it. Like, look, look at these buildings and tell me what they're modeled after. You know, you you were using words and describing the buildings, Logan, that I didn't know that's what they were called in Morocco. And so. I've said the same thing about the festival booths. I love the food, but I think every um, festival booth should, when you order, no matter what, should give you a card and it has some sort of small background or history on the items that are at that booth. You know, how they came to that culture, how they were developed. Every food Mm -hmm. has a story. You know, all these buildings have a story. All these lands have a story. And Disney just stopped telling them, I feel like. And so why not go ahead and throw IPs in there and make it something that people of all ages can truly enjoy? Because you're right. Otherwise, it's basically just bachelor, bachelorette parties, couples or uh, parents dragging their kids through World Showcase so they can get some food and drink (laughs) and shop. And so I think to create something that makes World Showcase truly a place that you want to visit would just be it'd be so awesome. It's it's funny how um, Epcot became 
Pleasure Island, basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> like oh my the world, the world really, really became it really like, did. hey, let's close this Pleasure Island and make it Disney Springs because we already got a better version that we're making a lot more money off of called Epcot World yeah. Showcase. You're <laughs> so, so right. Wow. I hadn't thought of that. Well, I I loved hearing all these ideas as always. This was a lot. Great. I can't wait to sit at a you know at a sushi restaurant and watch as my little heck yeah forklift fork makes lift. you some food. <laughs> this chef prepares my food for me. That's brilliant. That's awesome. I definitely want to see that. I you know just stay away from that uh, green ice cream, right? The pistachio ice the pistachio cream. Ice cream. Then I got I got to watch. I'm completely lost. All right. Well, we all have <laughs> we all have homework first of all. Um, and I want to say that Logan's is the most tasking because I think Hamilton's oh, like two three hours, hours and 40 or so. Minutes. Yeah, I was going to oh, say. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, David, Logan, you got to watch. Logan, I know your taste so. and stuff. You were going to love Hamilton. I know I will. I yeah. know I will. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been on my list. The problem is other things just keep oh, <laughs> getting yeah. prioritized over it. When I compare, it's like okay, two hours, two hours, forty minutes. I'm going to go with two hours because yep. it's already eleven o'clock. And <laughs> I need to sleep at some point. Yeah. Um, also, before before we'll have uh, Logan wrap up, I do want to thank everyone who's listening because that means you have subscribed to the Theme Park Shuffle feed on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, we are no longer on the Main Street Magic feed. Uh, we will go ahead and promote on on Main Street Magic coming up to come subscribe here because otherwise you will not get these awesome episodes that we are putting out for you and uh we have a whole list of ideas that are that'll be coming and i i can't always wait to see what's next it's an absolute blast to kind of especially like for me just to sit back and be like just to have fun not that i don't have fun doing main street magic but that feels more like work sometimes where this is just like a blast uh to sit with you guys and come up with these cool ideas so um very glad we're doing this can't wait to see what we come up with in the future here very very soon that's right and uh really i i forgot to say this at the beginning of the episode but happy new year guys happy new year 2022 yeah 2022 i gotta it's not rolling out the tongue like 2021 yeah but um so yeah so to everyone happy new year thank you for subscribing for listening feel free to leave us a rating and review and Again, thank you so much for listening and supporting us. And let's hope that this new year is the best year yet. Yes, please. So for me, Logan, thank you all. Take care. David? Good night, everybody. I love doing these for you and look forward to reading your comments about it. And we we will see you guys very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening. Theme Park Shuffle out.